Hello, this is Christina Roberts Anna King, and I am here to welcome you to the Real Eyes Realized podcast. This is a podcast that highlights everyday people making ripple effects, actualizing love in their families, communities, and our world at large. This podcast was created to amplify the voices of those who are creating change in our world with this inner knowing, this truth telling that is deeply inspiring to listeners so that together we can spread the good work of positive ripple effects throughout the world. Realize Realize is a show where life and service can dance together. So we look forward to inviting you to take a listen, sit back or take us with you on your walk or drive or however you enjoy your podcasts. But I invite you to listen deeply. We're here with our guests to hear about the sparks that have inspired action and heart-centered service and truly highlight ways in which we can also be motivated and inspired to create positive ripple effects in our world. And we are prepared to get real. We're excited for you to hear these stories of vulnerability, courage, and empathy. And we want to know more about how we can see beauty through the eyes of these beautiful beholders. So look forward to hearing what your thoughts are. And again, welcome. Welcome to this wonderful next episode with our very special guest. So we are here today for a very, I think it's special, but also vulnerable podcast uh, edition where I, Christina Robertson King, is, are going to be interviewed today from a good dear friend, Renee Sanguinetti. So we're turning the table a little bit. And as I mentioned to her in our intake call, I am willing to be real and to be open and to just kind of talk a little bit about the path from the inception of this podcast. So I want to first of all introduce you all to Renee. I'm going to give a little short bio and then we'll start. Uh, Renee is Renee Sanguinetti is a marriage and family therapist, and she is a psychotherapist that is licensed in both California and Oregon. Uh, we met when our children were going to a little parent nursery school in Los Gatos, and now she has since moved up into the greater Portland area. Um, she approaches therapy from, and I just think humanity and her, the way she lives her life, from a whole person, transpersonal and humanistic lens. That is, she works to help adults bring more meaning and fulfillment to their lives. Renee offers skill best skill-based therapies such as dialectical behavioral therapy, as well as experiential process-based work such as brain-spotting-focused mindfulness. She's also an earth-based ways practitioner representing multicultural indigenous healing practices, an avid dream worker and dream work facilitator, a Reiki practitioner from the Usui lineage, and also a student of intentional creativity. So I'm so excited for you all to get to know Renee a little bit more. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah. I am your guest today. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so honored and humbled. I feel so excited for your listeners to learn about you, the founder and creator of Realize, Realize. And I just love, love, love all that you've created here. And I'm going to share Christina's bio. And it's honestly just the big, it's just a little tiny bit of her, of who she is as a whole. Um, so Christina Roberts Enneking is an experienced coach, facilitator, and leadership consultant supporting large and small businesses and individuals throughout Silicon Valley. Christina is a catalyst for generating insights with clients interested in upping their game in leadership, relationship building, and communication. With an engineering and business background for both Santa Clara University and UC Berkeley, um, she's had various leadership positions at Fortune 500 companies, a think tank company, a seven-person startup, and being a solopreneur. Love that phrase. She brings rich experience and perspectives into group sessions as well as one-on-one. -on -one. And I've experienced her firsthand in amazing groups. Um, so... Christina likes to work with clients to uncover key behavioral strengths that accentuate their leadership edge and works to identify and resolve limiting beliefs, which we all need. Yeah. She deeply values the balance in body, mind, and spirit with a passion, a deep passion for leading service-based yoga and meditation retreats around the globe, um, which I'm excited to talk about more today, um, often combined with the element of installing solar lights to families or schools off the beaten path and off grid, 
with the nonprofit organization Lighting for Literacy. And there's so much more, <laughs> so much more. So I'm so excited for today. So just to start us out, Christina, I'm just going to open the floor. So just please share your journey, just highlighting. There's so much in your journey, but they're highlighting just key things, key points that you think your listeners would especially appreciate. Yeah. Well, as you, you know, it's funny when you hear your bio back, there's so much where, like you said, that is just such a glimpse of, you know, it's kind of what we put out there maybe in terms of, you know, in print. Um, but I think a big part of what is not in that bio is the journey that I've taken also within the realm of yoga and the realm of meditation and even more recently with plant medicine. Yeah. So I will say that I'm just going to start this at kind of the inception of this podcast because it's kind of an interesting road, I think. So um, as the bio showed, you know, I was very much growing up, my family of origin, we moved around a lot growing up. So I lived in 11 different places before I was even in high school. Uh, my dad was not in the military, but he worked for a company where he did um, mining and construction. So we would move every two years or so. And in those moves, what I think I realized is how much I am an individual who actually really likes change. In fact, I almost crave it to the point where my husband, who was born and raised in the same town, small town in Ohio, uh, never had moved. Um, when we first got together, I kind of have this internal clock where every two years or so, I'm ready for major change. Mm -hmm. And he just said, you know, hey, instead of uprooting and like making a major shift. Can we just paint a room? Can we just do something a little bit more moderate? And so I'm realizing that's a big part of my wiring, right? Um, and so part of that, I think is, I think there's there's some value to that. There's some good. I tend to be more flexible, be not more, but flexible, adaptable, um, not very intimidated or scared by the unknown. Um, and I think I realized that when I had taken a retreat group, we were putting in, uh, installing these solar lights that are designed and built by kids in the Silicon Valley, um, two kids and families off the grid. This was Ladakh, India. And I had had people that had been on retreats for, with me in the past, Malawi, Africa, Costa Rica, Nicaragua. But when we were up in Ladakh, India, up high, high in the Himalayas, right? We're up in this little village in this little town. And we stayed with the families who were receiving the lights. But when you're staying with villagers and families that live off the grid, their amenities are not always what we in the Silicon Valley or in the United States are used to. So it was go to the bathroom in a hole in the ground outside of the home where the animals go. And so I had one friend of mine, I won't give her name out here, but it's one of those things where I remember her coming up to me vividly, hands on her hip. And she just, you know, she'd been on multiple retreats with me, loved to go off the beaten path. And she just said, Christina, you've really done it this time because she had to go and shit in the hole in the ground. So I think that that's when I really continue to realize that I am not intimidated or in fear of these new adventures. In fact, I think put a backpack on, it's almost like Dora the Explorer, let's go. Um, but I also in re leading retreats have to recognize that it's important to meet people where they are too. And so I think I've learned a lot over the years. We may even get into how I met my teachers in Peru. Um, I call them my brothers from another mother. And the practice of getting into more of the shamanic healing and more into the plant medicine, I really do feel like it found me. And maybe it was at a time where I was ready for it in my life. Um, so the ways that things have shifted in my own life, in my own world, you know, I've continued to go down different paths and continued to be a deep studier. And I tend to be a quick study, but when I go deep, I really want to learn from the source. And so whether or not it's studying yoga in India, where I felt like I wanted to go to an ashram or studying meditation from many different meditation teachers or my own experiential knowledge, and I'm learning to trust that a whole lot more these days. So that's a very kind of a long-winded way to say that there is um, a lot we could tap into, and I'm excited. I'm excited to do so today. Well, thank you, and I'd love to have you share a little bit more about Lighting for Literacy and doing the service work, this love and action work. So I'd love to hear like how that started for you and your vision for it and, and all Absolutely. that good stuff. 
Ah, thank you. Well, again, that's another experience of where something that found me, I really do believe. So um, I was getting ready to go to Malawi, Africa, taking a group, myself and Jennifer Pru, um, who is the founder and owner of Breathe Together Yoga in Los Gatos, California. And she had a dream at one point in time that we were going to lead a trip to Africa. And I was teaching at the studio. I had never approached her with that. I'd always had a secret dream in my heart. Gosh, Africa would be a great place to go. But it just, it hadn't ever really surfaced. And so she said, you know, what do you think? And I said, actually, I think that'd be great. And I I know a person who is from Malawi. Uh, He's an international storyteller and a consultant. And so he is a good friend of one of my original yoga teachers, Kristen Cooper Gulak. And I said, let me get in touch with Masanko and see if he would host us. And so as soon as I did, this is where the power of messenger and, you know, Facebook can really connect individuals. There's some good positives that come from that social medium. And he said, yeah, I would love to host you. So as we had, were preparing to go to Malawi about three weeks beforehand, I was at a, it's called Project Cornerstone, but it was a luncheon to basically um, celebrate individuals that were helping children in schools um, continue to up-level their social emotional skills. And um, myself and another individual had put on this doing yoga and creative movement and fun stuff on the playground on Fridays at our grade school. And so we were getting an award. And so I was sitting at the table and then another individual was getting an award for his work through STEM programs. And this was Doug McNeil, who is the founder of Lighting for Literacy. So we were sitting very close to one another and the principal from our school was like, Christina, you're going to Malawi soon, right? Yeah. He's like, you've got to meet Doug. Like what an amazing individual. Who knows? Maybe you could get, you know, connect and do some lights together. So anyway, Doug and I just hit it off. And in that, he said, well, yeah, do you want to take some solar lights to Africa? And I said, well, what do we need to know in order to do that? You know, we obviously need to go through training. And he said, yeah, but why don't we just, we'll put it together this weekend. Invite your whole group. We'll teach people how to do it. And uh, piece of cake, like we'll give you as many lights as you want. And so we ended up taking five lights over to Malawi and literally within a three-week time frame, we're able to get everybody trained and understand what we needed to do, get everything packed and ready. And we hand carried the lights and the batteries and all of the materials. And we installed those lights within the school and within the health center in Malawi. And at that time, you know, we didn't really understand what we were getting into in terms of the impact of light with children or with the villages. And in the health clinic, I vividly remember there, were, it was run by two midwives, two gentlemen that were midwives. Um, they had one doctor for all of the villages around the long way. And it was, you know, the doctor lived maybe 45 minute walk from the clinic. And we didn't see him the whole two weeks we were there because he was in other locations. But these two midwives were running the clinic and then they had helpers too. And um, when we installed the light in the surgical room, right, it was the room that they would have, you know, maybe people that weren't, that were having complications through childbirth as an example. Uh, Then one of the midwives looked at me and he said, do you know how we typically deliver babies, Christina? And I said, no, tell me. He goes, well, typically they're born at night and typically around a full moon. And we're also grateful when the full moon's there because we actually have more light, but usually it's in the dark. And the only way that we have light to see what we're doing is by the light of our cell phone. And that's only if we have charge. And as you know, we don't have electricity. So we try to charge things in town when we can. He goes, do you know how many lives this is going to save? between babies, between moms, between the other surgeries that come in. And uh, I think we just were in shock at how much the power of light can really provide. And then when we installed those in schools too, the schoolmaster said, Christina, she goes, do you know why children are oftentimes pulled from school? And this is around like fourth standard. So it would be commiserate with fourth grade in the you know United States program. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, it's to work the fields you know, because they need to make money, these families, or the young girls have had, unfortunately, an incident of getting pregnant very early, not by their own doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they need to leave school before they've had a full education. But now we can do an adult literacy program where the children can bring their parents back after all of the work is done 
And under the light of these solar lights, we can have the kids even help teach their parents how to read. And all of a sudden, the value of literacy changes lives. Wow. So Just that's how it started. Blown Amazing. Away. I'm blown away. <laughs> miracle upon miracle. Oh, wow, wow. I'm just feeling that in my body fully. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm very, very grateful to Doug and to his family, um, his wife, Sherry McNeil and Jessica McNeil are carrying the torch for the organization. Uh, I've been a part of the board as well. I believe very deeply in it. Uh, Doug McNeil has now since passed. Uh, he had uh, ALS and uh, we met him before the disease really struck. And so walking that path with him and his family has been very tender yeah. and uh He's a very, very important angel in my life these days as well. Yes. Yes. Wow. I love that. Well, I want to hear what is to follow with Lighting for Literacy, but I also am really excited to hear you share a little bit about your healing journey in Peru, your delving into plant medicine and the sweet brothers, Roberto and Rene. Yeah. Uh, so... Do share more. Yeah, it sounds like it's an open, open kind of appetizer <laughs> play, and you know, tray. So, how, where do we want to go? Um, I think what's interesting is so I had, and, and some of you may know, and if you go to my website, christinarobertsenneking.com, you'll see a bit of my bio and how I even got started in yoga because I was the high achiever. Um, worked for the Fortune 500 companies. I worked directly for Jack Welch at JE. And then when Jeff Immelt came on board, really helped with that transition. And then I worked at Hewlett Packard and, and a lot of the companies that were, especially in the mid to late 1990s, were just booming. It was the tech, you know, boom. And then I had a stint at a startup where we had seven people. And it was interesting going from a deep pocket company to then worried about if we were going to make payroll for the next month, right? And so that experience, I think it provided me a whole, you know, it's like the MBA that you get, even though I have an MBA from Berkeley, it's the MBA you get from experience of yeah. like really what that's like. And so after I went back then, uh, I had in six months, I had um, right before I was 40, three women in my life, friends that were, were very close to that all died. Um, one of my girlfriends, Emily, passed of lung cancer. Uh, another good friend, Heidi Medina, passed of breast cancer. And then I had a good girlfriend at work where I was, and she passed away of a heart attack. And both of them had two children about the same age as our two. And the husband was then a, a new widow. And the children had no mom at that point in terms of on this material plane. And I was going through some yoga practices. At that time, I worked at a company where I really loved it. It was a think tank, but they were grooming me to be VP and it would have 80% travel. And I was really struggling with that because my kids were three and five at the time. And I didn't want to be on the road that much. Uh, I didn't really want to hire a nanny. I have nothing wrong with that. But for me, I wanted to be a very integral part of raising the kids. And that demands time and not being on the road 80% of the time. So I was doing some meditation. I was doing some yoga, you know, just because I needed it to balance my nervous system and my mind. And I did a shamanic journey with at the time, the owner of the yoga studio of Los Gatos, uh, Hutch. And I was in this, like, you know, this, this drumming was going on and I had this vision of myself on a cross, almost like you could imagine Jesus on a cross. Mm -hmm. And I was getting like tarred and feathered. Like I was this big black bird and my, my feathers were being taken out one by one and it was painful. And then somebody took a knife and it stabbed me right in my abdomen in this vision, in this dream. And I I didn't quite understand at the time what that was all about, but I knew it was vivid enough to wake me up. Yeah. And then I went home and that same week, our five-year-old daughter, I was reading to her at bedtime and she just looked at me and she said, mom, your heart is not happy. And it was true. It was true. So I started to at work say, how about instead of this job, I would do a job share. I have the perfect person. You know, we'll both give you 60%. You're going to have more than one full person. Nope, that's not going to work. How about I go into an individual contributor role? Let's just switch up the role. I'll still contribute. Nope. How about, I think I had five different proposals because I was not ready to give up the job. 
And they kept coming back with closed door, closed door, closed door. And then I got the comment, Christina, we think you're having a crisis of confidence. And that was enough for me to say, no, (laughs) that's not it. (laughs) It's a different choice. And I want to choose my life and life with my family in a different way. So at that time, I left the corporate world. This was in 2010. I went out to be my own coach, my own consultant. I had two business licenses that I got. One was for this consulting business, and then the other was for yoga business. And I didn't know what was going to take off. Right. Turns out the yoga business actually is the thing that took off first. And now I find myself truly trying to blend the two worlds together. So I do work as an executive coach. I work as a chief training officer for a company called Simplified Coach, founded by two incredible women. And I feel very fortunate to be part of that organization. I also do things on my own, you know, with regards to the retreats that you've been on. And I really do believe in these experiential opportunities for the deep nuggets of wisdom and our own experiences to inform us how we choose our path going forward. So again, all of these things have continued to find me. Um, The thing about the brothers in Peru. So I was out leading a retreat in Peru and this one was not installing solar lights, but I'd always wanted to go to Peru. And at one family reunion, I asked my cousin, Rebecca Williams, Hey, like, would you go and lead a retreat in Peru with me? And she was like, Oh my gosh, I'd do anything to get back there. She spent like a year and a half there after college, really helping to be in a village and set them up for success, especially with regards to the women that were there. And so she's a writer as well as just a phenomenal, um, does so many different things around women's rights. And so we ended up doing a writer's yoga retreat and she had connections there with people who built uh, greenhouses in the Andean mountains. And so we went with the Andean Alliance for Sustainable Development. And we built greenhouses up high, high, high around Sacred Valley. And uh, we brought a group of people out there and it was phenomenal. So a few weeks before leaving, kind of again, kind of like what happened with Doug McNeil, I was at a retreat down in San Diego. And one of my teachers, Manoj and Jyoti Chalam, um, we were there doing this, basically just a retreat on the rising of knowledge. And one of the participants, or Manoj says, Christina, you're always leading service retreats. Where are you going this year? And I said, well, Peru this year. I'm very excited. And I mentioned the greenhouse builds. And I had an individual come up to me. Uh, he goes by White Hawk. And he said, no, White Eagle, excuse me. I thought that sounded odd. Um, he said, Christina, when you go to Peru, would you like to meet two of the individuals that I consider my teachers? And I said, Yes. Absolutely. And so he gave me the names and the contact ability of Roberto and then his brother, Renee. And so I just kind of sent a note, you know, Facebook messenger again. I said, Hey, I'm friends with white Eagle. I'm coming down. We're really booked between these retreat dates, but if you're open to meet, I would love to meet you either before or after. Uh, it'd be great to meet a you know mutual connection. So Roberto sends back a note and he's like, ah, sister, yes, yes, yes. We would love to meet. How about we meet after? Are you open to stay a few extra days? And I said, yes. And so he said, wonderful. You can invite anybody from your retreat to stay as well. I said, okay. So I was letting the retreat group know if anybody wanted to stay with these two um, Peruvian uh, teachers that they could stay an extra four days and we would just go and tour around the Sacred Valley. So on our retreat, we had met a woman who was a nurse and she very much tapped into plants and the healing effects of plants, but she would take like thistle and lavender and, um, you know, thyme and and they would make these concoctions, these tinctures to really help people. So when Roberto said that they work with plant medicine, I thought that that's what they did is they worked with like thistle and lavender, right? So when I offered up to the group, anybody want to stay, I had three other individuals that chose to stay on with me. So Jill, Mark, and Anne. And Anne and Mark were about, I don't know, I want to say, well, they grew up more in the 60s. And I think they knew what plant medicine was. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't lavender and it wasn't thistle. Um, but I was very naive. And so I said that, hey, we're going to work with Roberto Renee. Um, they have these healing practices and they work with plant medicine. I don't know much of what to expect, but I really do trust White Eagle and I think it'll be fantastic. And so we went and then the first day they took us on a hike and they introduced us to their plant medicine. 
and the doctors they work with, which was Dr. Wachuma. Wachuma is coming from the Andes, uh, coming from a cactus plant, uh, same similar thread as San Pedro. And we had some Wachuma and it is, it works as a, um, an ability to uh, have some visions and allow what is in your subconscious to surface. Uh, I find it, and the more research I've done is it takes the default mode network of the brain offline. Some people even call it ego disillusion so that whatever it is that you really are meant to see that's holding you back from being the whole version of yourself is what comes through. And so we had our first plant medicine and I had my first plant medicine experience. And ever since then, as they say, the rest is history. Um, I work with Roberto and Renee. Uh, I do not administer the medicine, but I act as a bridge for the work that they do. And we do some both in the United States as well as in Peru. And it is an honor and a pleasure to work with those two. They are the most humble, fun-loving, spiritually centered, and just Sometimes just the the way that they respond is so childlike and innocent. Uh, it really reminds me of how I choose to be as a person as well. Yeah, their energies are so light and beautiful and just emanating love. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You had an experience on one of our sure Peru journeys. We have to be oh. roommates. <laughs> and it was a wild experience, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about your upcoming vision for working with Roberto and Rene? Absolutely. So again, a lot of different visions uh, have come through, right? And in, in I've been to now Peru multiple times. Um, and again, I work with them both in Peru and in the United States. And in one session in Peru, we were at this portal, the sacred site, and both Roberto and I had the same vision come in, which was kind of interesting. And it was that we were meant to open up some sort of a healing center. And um, so he ended up um, coming into some land in the Sacred Valley in Peru. And then we ended up looking at some land in Terrebonne, Oregon, which is outside of Bend. And by we, I mean my husband and I. And so almost in parallel, we both came into this land and so now what I find is really interesting is we're both kind of building out these, wouldn't say full centers. They're very, very humble. They're very um, basic, but safe space where we can do our work. And uh, when I think about my work, it's a combo of yoga, meditation, coaching work, as well as this plant medicine, which I just think works as an amplifier. It's like rocket fuel for the awakening process, in my opinion. And Roberto and Renee work with individuals there in more of a kind of medicine circle, uh, very traditional um, to their practice. And so in Peru, they, they talk about these three worlds and the world of the here and now, which is the world where we might experience awe and curiosity and the world that we all live in, right, is very much governed by the puma. And we can think about puma, mountain lion, cougar, you name it where it's this cat, this very powerful cat that is ready for action, right? Ready to pounce, but it's not always in reaction mode. It oftentimes is quiet and just like watching and then it chooses when to move forward. So that world of the here and now is called Kaipacha. And so the name of our property up in Oregon has been lovingly named Kaipacha Ranch. Uh, we are just starting with the build out. I met with an architect a couple of year, uh, weeks ago. Um, so that'll be something 2025 where the beginning will be done. Okay. Um, the world of the underground, just to finish that stream of consciousness, is the world in which we connect with our ancestors. And um, it is also where we might inherit and look for healing with intergenerational trauma. That is governed uh, in the Quechuan tradition or in Peruvian um, with, by the snake. And so you almost think about the medical helix and the snake and the snake. I always love that whole vision of a snake that is literally crawling on the ground. So that connection with earth, with ground. And it's also an amazing creature for transformation because once it's shed its skin, it can't fit back in its old skin again. So okay. I think about that with the healing of patterns that happen, maybe patterns of family of origin or patterns of intergenerational trauma where we are moving forward. It might not be at the pace that we choose, but it's this continual moving forward of healing. So that is called Ukupacha. 
And then the realm of the um, spirit guides, right? The realm of sky, uh, the realm of what's possible as we link in with consciousness, with cosmos, is governed by the condor or on this particular part of the um, hemisphere, the eagle. And that is really about freedom and liberation. And that is called Hanan Pacha. So Roberto has always had a business called Hanan Pacha, and we are looking to build out Kai Pacha. And part of the reason we're looking at Kai Pacha is on this land in Oregon, when you catch the sunset, the whole, it faces, it's on the rim rock and it has a 360 view, but really looking over the West side, you see Mount Bachelor, you see the three sisters, you see Mount Hood. And when the sun sets over that West side, it is literally the most jaw dropping view. And so we're excited for people to be caught in awe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I can't wait. Yep. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So we're talking about awe and healing and all these beautiful realms that we can get to um, through our spiritual experiences. But I also know for you, the last couple of years have been a little bumpy mm-hmm. and some struggles with depression. And I know this podcast is about truth telling. So whatever you're willing to share about your journey and also what has gotten you through that process would be, I think, really helpful for people listening. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking that question. And yes, I am very willing to be open. Uh, Sometimes I find when we come to the other end of a very difficult, tumultuous journey, it's a good time to share because it's like, you can look back with perspective. I don't know if I would have been willing to share even up to, you know, so, but what I will say is that we had a retreat group go to Oregon. We were initiating our land in Oregon um, in May of last year. So uh, 2022, and we had 19 people show up and which is quite an amazing thing because we don't have anything structure built yet on the land, but there was a structure. So we had shade and we literally just created the circle and then we, we stayed offsite at yurts. Um, but after that session, even Roberto at one time came to me and he said, sister, there is deep, deep need for familial healing from everybody in this group. Like it is very, very strong. And, you know, it's coming at, you know, COVID was, you know, just kind of at the tail end of us returning to some sort of what it's like to be in connection with people again. And I think there was so much that had happened from 2020 to 2022 for me personally, that I went into a spin cycle. When I came home, I went into, and I have struggled with depression, many different periods in my life, but this one was really, I got to a very dark place. Um, I, even in the the years of COVID, uh, my husband had actually, um, he was working in a job where he was out in the field, working typically in different states. And that started in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. So we had two teenage kids we have. And so we, I was homeschooling them, you know, quote unquote, they were going to school, but all via Zoom the first year. Uh, mm-hmm. One was the last year in middle school. The other was in high school. And that was rough. It was rough. And then my job as a coach and consultant tanked because everybody that went to work from home were not doing facilitated sessions anymore. And so everything was like my whole world turned upside down. And I thought being one an individual who tends to like to go into flow, but when the whole world feels like it's out of control, I did not, I was not grounded enough to be able to really move through that with ease. So when the, my whole world started to spin after Oregon, Roberto just kept on reminding me, this is for you. This is happening for you, not to you. And so continue to stay with it. Mm-hmm. Pray to your angels, pray to the doctors. Mm-hmm. This is happening for a reason. And so in my loss of expression, I'll just call it that, um, what I found is it was forcing me to go into my own inner silence and into what it is that I need to heal me. So before I start helping others, I had to get very deeply in touch with what was going on in myself. So I reached out, I reached out to you. And one of the beliefs that I had from my growing up years was that I am a burden 
And I won't say that it was even necessarily planted in me from like my parents or my upbringing, but it was just a belief that I held for many, many reasons. And so when in going through depression, I felt at a loss, the last thing I wanted to do is reach out with friends or even family because I didn't want to be a burden on others. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking at how can I get help, I think before I even reached out to you, um, I called the suicide hotline. I was very close. I was planning how to just get out and escape. And I think the only thing, well, I don't think I know that held me in this life was that I had two small kids at home, two teenagers, and my husband was gone out of the area and I didn't want them to find me. And so I was thinking more about what are all the ways that I could have a quote unquote accident happen because I didn't want to live anymore but not have to have them be an experience where they had to pick up the pieces. Mm -hmm. And then I called you. I said, what do you recommend? And you were so loving and said, I know just the person. And you got me introduced to a wonderful therapist at Awake DBT. I want to give a shout out to Yvette because that organization, that group, and I know that you helped to found that, really provided the skills and tools I needed to deal with depression. And there was one point at the end of that adventure, it was a year-long group sessions as well as individual, that um, she just offered up, you know, you've talked a little bit about your upbringing. Um, You know there's such a thing as prolonged PTSD, not just acute, like chronic. Yeah. And I said, what? I don't know what that is. You know, I didn't feel like I had one moment that ever happened that was like, like I didn't have sexual abuse, you know, which a lot of people have had to deal with. I didn't feel necessarily abandoned, but I did have, we had a lot of trauma growing up, a lot of turmoil. And so she started to walk through um, PTSD, prolonged exposure as another method. And I think what happened for me is I was able to get in touch with all of these stories that I was holding as a little girl inside of me and was holding me down and small. And I was able to work through my own healing with a trained therapist. And in that, I was able to forgive. I was able to embrace myself as not needing to play small in the world so that others could take up their own space. And through a very long process, but through a lot of hard work and partnership, I feel like I've come out the other end and I feel more whole and complete than I ever have. I feel like the depression is just dissipated. I find that I'm living in a space of joy and it doesn't mean hard stuff's not happening in life. It certainly is. But the way that I'm living is more of what I experience when I go to Peru. This life is short and it's a precious gift and you never know how much time you're going to have. And so how do you treat people and how are you going about this day? Mm-hmm. So very grateful to you. You saved my life. Very grateful to Yvette and Awake DBT. And then to myself for putting yeah, in the worked, work. You worked really hard to really do some amazing deep healing. So thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad <laughs> that you reached out to me. And I'm so glad I was able to connect you with Yvette at Awake because yeah. it's, yeah. you know, magic. Yeah. And I am willing, I have asked with permission um, to put Awake DBT in our show notes. I think anybody who might be struggling because it's tough, right? I mean, the amounts of mental challenges, especially with, you know, COVID is something collectively we all have had to deal with and continue to. Mm -hmm. Um, The amounts of depression, the amounts of anxiety, the amounts of suicidal tendencies, I think are at an all-time high. So I just want to say, I've been there. I'm also willing to help as a coach, but I think trained therapists are a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful collection of individuals because I know it's like your heart is in it and it's all around healing and that can look at so many different modes. Um, I know plant medicine has been very, very healing. The reason I am gravitating towards it is that it, I've seen it work miracles with helping people through particularly depression, depression and addiction tendencies. And within one setting, it can be gone because you just have a vision of a new way of living. And uh, I think that's pretty miraculous. And so to be part of that feels pretty cool. Yeah. Amazing. 
So I have so many more questions, but tell me, do you have a mantra? Do you have like a quote or something that helps you when needed Mm. that you go to? I do. I, so in the process of all of the um, dialectical behavioral therapy and in my own, I've, I've actually been a member of Al-Anon for about eight years. When it gets to the point about self-love, self-care and loving the little girl inside, yeah. um, I had this mantra come to me in a dream and I just, I go to it all the time. And it simply is, I am loved, loving, and lovable. Yes. That's it. I'm loved, loving, and lovable. And it will break me out of the spell when I start to feel small or I start to feel disempowered or I start to feel like a burden or any of those patterns that are very easy for me to go to. I can be my own worst self-critic as many of us can, but if I remember I'm loved, loving, and lovable, uh, it tends to uh, get me on a better, a better path. I love it. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to borrow it. <laughs> and borrow try. away i'm happy to have that happen the other one i will say is i have it in my wall and i'm looking at it it's a quote from mother Teresa, and uh, it's actually printed on the walls in the orphanage in calcutta and it simply is do uh, do small things with great love and i think that's really where i'm leaning into more and more you know whether or not it's the work with lighting for literacy or the work in coaching or the work in healing energy it's not looking at boiling the ocean and going and like, you know, creating all these organizations and yada, yada. Like I'm going to continue to plop forward and walk step by step and answer the calling that's coming to me. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I know it's just step by step, one day at a time, taking small steps, but with great love. And when love is the compass, it just is pretty awesome what can ensue. And so I would say that's another one for me. Yeah. And I feel like with this podcast too, just inviting people to share how their their ripple effect is affecting the world, like that you're just bringing it out more and more. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, what a privilege for me to be able to interview some amazing people. I mean, I'm like, it gives me a chance to have like a front seat, and I love sharing. I mean, this is what I love about podcasts is it's a great medium because I find listeners can. It's when it's convenient for you that you get to ingest in that material. And I really do try to be conscious. I started the podcast um, when it was, we were into an inauguration time in the United States that I wasn't comfortable with. And, um, and I just say that because I kept on kind of getting this vision of real eyes, realize, realize. And so some of us have heard that tagline. And so with the the fake news and in social media, not knowing what to trust. It was like all of this, all the lies and the philandering and everything just seemed to be like all across the airwaves. And I wanted to do something positive that would be able to have positive ripple effects. And so the real eyes realize, and we put, I put some information into our um, origin show. So go back to October, 2020, if you want to know how it kicked off. Um, But it really was a nudge. I call it a spiritual, you know, guides that came in and said, this is what you need to do next. And so thank goodness I had a partner in Jessica Smith who knew about podcasting and she set me up for success to be able to understand how to do this. And so our listeners have been able to reap the benefits as have I, and we've really tried to um, honor diversity and uh, have all sorts of different topics on this podcast so that we all get to learn and grow. That's the intent. Love it. Mm -hmm. So how can your listeners support you? Mm, I, well, first of all, just, you know, we, I love getting feedback, whether or not it's, um, you know, an email or a text, Hey, this really, you know, this podcast really touched me like that is awesome. Um, And in all the show notes, we actually provide ways to get in touch with right. The podcast guest. So continue to support not only myself, but all of the podcast guests, if something resonates with uh, one of our listeners. The other thing is that um, we have, uh, we're out on Podbean. And so it's a great way to say, you know, gosh, we love the podcast, adding testimonials, you know, on Spotify or on Apple or Google or wherever you catch your, catch your podcast, give us a good five-star rating and tell us why you love us. Um, 
And that's great, right? And then I also, I do lead in it to find out more, ChristinaRobertsAndKing.com. That's where all of my retreats um, get posted. And so, and if you want to be on our mailing list, just let me know. You can go to contact us via that website and we'll put you on the mailing list. And then that will give you access to all the cool places around the world that I am typically co-hosting with others, sometimes Roberta Renee, sometimes my spirit medicine guide friend from St. Louis, G.V. Freeman, and sometimes other yoga teachers. And we are going to cool places, sometimes installing solar lights and doing service. And other times it's a more in service of ourselves, healing type of a retreat. Uh, But that's a great way is to sign up and go and experience one of these trips for yourself. Um, We're having a trip in the Redwoods of Northern California, December 27th through 31st. And that one is really meant to walk people through what I call the real heroic journey. It's like a four-step process to something that Joseph Campbell, you know, oftentimes people know the heroic journey through his work. And the real, R-E-A-L, stands for R is reckoning, which is when you just put your line in the sand and say, this is not working for me anymore. You know, toxic relationships or this dead end job or these patterns of like staying small. Um, So reckoning is going through one day and then we get into excavation. So that's more of the deep shadow work. Um, And then we go into awareness and action. So what are the things that we choose to kind of work on through healing? It's this this shedding of the snake skin, right? What are we ready to release? And what are we ready to embrace? And then the last step is living and loving authentically. So how do we put good practices in place for the life that we choose to live? So that's happening in Northern California. So a local retreat. And then there will be an extension of... um, plant medicine through psilocybin mushrooms through GV. He has a church in St. Louis. And so it's all legal and sanctioned. And uh, I'm excited about that. You can find out more by contacting me. Yeah. Sounds fabulous. Well, I'm excited for the wrap up where you, I get to ask you what you normally get to ask your guests, which are the spontaneous collective questions. Yeah. I have no answers um, off of my back. So it's all spontaneous. It is no pre-thinking. Okay. Christina, what are you currently reading or watching? Mm. So reading, I have Finding the Mother Tree, uh, a book on my bedstand, and I am loving the interconnection, right, of all of the organisms in the trees. Um, So that's my book. Um, I also have Mark Nepo. I always have Mark Nepo by my bedside, uh, his 365 Days, The Book of Awakening. It's a great daily reader. Mm -hmm. And watching... um, you know, I'm not watching anything per se. Now that Ted Lasso's gone, I'm kind of waiting for the next show that I'm going to get into. Um, But yeah, I'm always open to, I'm looking at always new things. Okay. Awesome. If you could eat dinner and engage in dialogue with anyone from the past or the present, who would that be? Mm. My go-to answer is typically my dad who's passed over and it would be awesome. But I feel like I get visions and visits from him in my dreams all the time. Um, so I feel grateful for that. I would love to sit down with the Dalai Lama, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, actually, if I could have the two of them. When I saw their documentary, The Book of Joy, um, they just feel like that spiritual childlike innocence humor. And I just think that would be a fun dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I love that book. Love that energy. Yeah. Um, okay. Are there any practices you do or say to yourself when, well, we talked about this a little bit, but when challenges arise to remind you how to show up. Mm. So I'm looking at my water bottle right now and I have all these different stickers, you know, like love and hippie mama and all that kind of stuff, gratitude. But I think the thing that I go to when, especially it feels like it's incredibly challenging or hard, um, are two, there's one that says, Oh, look, another shit storm. And so I try to look at it like, okay, this is another one. What are you going to do? How do you respond, not react? And then the other one is this too shall pass. So I think I've really realized over time how much time can be a wonderful healer. And uh, sometimes I just have to kind of hold on and not try to push and manage my way through having change happen. Yeah. That observer stance. Mm -hmm. And with you... What are you grateful for today? Oh, well, I'm grateful to you, Renee. I'm grateful for your recommendations of what could be helpful for my own healing. So I really wanted to say that. Uh, I also had a chance um, 
today I went out, I just purchased a 2003 used Jeep, like a Jeep sport. And, uh, I'm grateful for that because it gets me back. I learned how to drive stick shift on a Jeep like that. And it just brings me back to my adventurous spirit that says, you know what? This allows me to continue to go off the beaten path and explore. And um, I'm super pumped about that as well. I love, can I have a ride? Yes. <laughs> yes, we'll go. I want to <laughs> <laughs> I just got it registered in Oregon because I was up there a couple of weeks ago and it's going to be the vehicle for the Oregon residents. Right. And, uh, I asked them if they had a, a personalized license plate and what I wanted to get and they had it. So the license is coming okay. and it's beautiful B R U T F L. And I think that is what life is. Life is beautiful, but it can be brutal. So the combo of that is what a brutal life. I love that honoring shadow and light. We have to go through the shadow to get to the light. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This is so much fun. I just hope your listeners enjoy it as much as I have to learn more about you and all that you do in this world, rippling it out. Thank you, Renee. And you too. We'll have another podcast where you are our main guest because I want people to know more about your work in the world too. Thanks for your time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another impactful conversation here on the Real Eyes Realize podcast. We hope you take some time to let the wisdom of these stories that are shared here today sink in. And we welcome you to engage with us on our social channels, realeyes.love on Instagram or Facebook. We also have links in our show notes to our guests, and we invite you to visit our website, realeyes.love. Here you will find an online resource hub, and this is where we offer gifts from our guests to all of our listeners. These resources can help all of us create our own positive ripple effects, actualizing love in this world. If you have any other individuals you would like us to interview, please do let us know. We love hearing your ideas for compelling stories to share. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And thank you for doing all that you do in the name of love and service in our world. Be true, be bold, be real, and thank you for listening.